everyone. Welcome back. Betsburg's Golf 2023 Memorial Tournament here with my friends, Andy Molitor. Andy, how we doing? Did you not know what year it is? Yeah, long weekend. I long golfed weekend. on Friday. So, yeah, really long weekend. So, I, you know, I've been out of the saddle for a solid uh, solid half week. It's been uh, it's been nice. How are we doing, my friend? Yeah, it was a nice uh, – the weather. I'm assuming you get similar weather to me being down in uh, in Chicago there. Yeah, gorgeous Memorial Day weekend. Um, the only problem is, like, when you're a, a youth, let's say you're in school, even in high school or college, like, you get back on Tuesday and it's just like, yeah, this is nice. That was a three-day weekend. You have, like, a real job. And I guess there's probably some jobs where it doesn't matter. But I'd say a lot of jobs, just, like, Tuesday just sucks. Like, I enjoy the three-day weekend. It's like, oh, no, my whole week is compressed. I got, like, I essentially have to do all of Monday's work today, too. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a bit of a struggle here on a Tuesday. But I'm excited. I like this tournament. Uh, I know this probably costs a lot of people money. And I got Rufus was big on him that week, too. But objectively, the the maybe the funniest COVID mm. outcome ever for uh, any sporting event outside of just like, I don't remember the, the basketball game. They just stopped at like halftime in the Big East, St. John's game. Like, ah, this is a thing. We should cancel the tournament at halftime. But my God, John Rahm was not just winning, not just like playing really well. I mean, he was lapping the field. I thought, and it was one of those where everybody's done this. Everybody's been busted where they post like a fake Schefter tweet in a group chat. Like, Oh, that's on me. I was, I checked this so many times when I first read this, I'm like, this can't be real. Like it's one thing if it happened to somebody or it happened to somebody who was in contention, but I mean, to happen to John around that year, two years ago where he was so far, so far ahead and so much better. It was, it was so wild. I felt really, really bad for him. And I don't even like the guy. So we're done with that. We're back to normal. John Rahm here in the field, your favorite. But as usual, a really, really, really good, uh, really good field, really good tournament, really nice course. Got redone a bit uh, a while back. Year before, was it the year before that? We got to play her two weeks in a row. Yeah, they played the workday. Workday, yeah, charity classic, something or other. Yeah, set it up like it was, uh, you know, as soft as they possibly could. Morikawa won that uh, iteration, and then Rob comes back and wins the next week. But yeah, the the Rob thing was painful. Like he just, you could hear him. I mean, we had audio of it where he came off the green, and they're like, you know, whispering. But you hear him because he's, you know, a big Spaniard. He's not super quiet. He was, he was just distraught. Uh, and dominate because you, and we don't even really have like how good he was that week because it instantly gets wiped from the records. It's it's a WD. We don't even know how good in hindsight he was that week, but he was he was up by I want to say six. I strokes. mean, he was up like twenty strokes on strokes gained on the field. Yeah, he was like after three rounds. I mean, it, it was it was kind of an all time performance on a really hard track. That yeah. was the big thing too. We, we got a bit of a preview, but it was a terrible preview. They set it up nice and soft. They watered differently. They cut differently. Everything was nice for workday. And then I mean, it's like going fifty cc to Rainbow Road with your eyes shut. I mean. <laughs> In one week, it was crazy the difference we saw, um, and probably a good analog for what we're going to see this week. I would be remiss to not mention our guy Emiliano Grillo. Mentioned 
heavily on this podcast by one Ryan Noonan at 100 to 1. Uh, we're not even going to mention the last few holes and like everything that transpired and sure. having to even sweat, having to sweat that in a, in a playoff was like, I, I felt so bad for you. Like, I'm like, this, this sucks. If he loses his playoff, I'm not even going to text Ryan. This is, I'm done. I'm just going to let him wallow. It was rough. Uh, I, I made the mistake of, uh, you know, um, me and our, you know, friend here from, uh, last season, Jeff Feinberg. I know Feinberg had, uh, Agrio at a hundred as well. And we took, we were victory lapping uh, in text messages before it was over. And that's, uh, that's not a good place to be where you're, you know, all of a sudden that tee shot goes wayward. And then obviously unprecedented scenario where it finds the, <laughs> the viaduct that just continues to run back towards the tee box for a solid five minutes. It was just kind of a crazy, crazy situation considering, uh, you know, it's, Closing outrights at 100 to 1 shouldn't be easy, and it certainly wasn't. And I left. I left my house. Like, I was locked in watching the tournament. I'm like, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. Um, I saw Harry Hall go into the water on 18. I saw uh, Adam Shank stripe it down the middle. I'm like, I- I'm out of here. Like, best case scenario, you know. Had- yeah, it was, it was nice. It's like, all right, Sh- Shank had a makeable putt. Not not like super, super makeable. It was mid range. Yeah. But like, at least you knew when Hall went in the water, it's like, all right, we're probably, it's, you know, probably getting a two man playoff. Yeah. If we end up there. So I'm, I'm happy it went that way. I hate watching playoffs. I've had very, very good luck. I've been very fortunate. Just, it's kind of a variance thing. Like, uh, you know, I know some people in tennis betting have good or bad luck when it comes to retirement. You can have good or bad luck when it comes to like just late game turnovers or, bullpen shit bullpen melts in baseball i've had really good luck with playoffs i still hate watching them because it's it's just that's the thing i love the most about golf it's like even a blow-up hole you you, double bogey early on in the week let's say it's not going to end your day whereas once once you get to the playoff that's it like there's one bad ball we've seen that i can't remember jt somebody there's been a couple people who've had like oh and that drive's gonna land right behind the tree so this tournament is like over. Yeah. Uh, once you have to like chip one out onto the fairway, it's like, well, oh, fuck, we're done. Essentially, you're, you're, it's match play and it's it's over at this point. So it's always nerve wracking. I hate it. I've been lucky and I'm glad you were lucky. Although Grillo was playing really well and obviously got the got the karma points for bringing the kids in to let him hit uh, while he was waiting for Shank to finish the round and then pre karma points for also like. I thought that was a fake tweet too, or he he uh, yeah. called somebody out on Twitter. Like, yeah, I was with your mom last night. It's like, <laughs> so, whoa, feeling himself this week. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, the kid thing was great. You felt like that's you know some good juju there for him to get his you know at least again. These are some of the things that we we can't actually uh, put into a a model and run. But you feel like his headspace in that moment has got to be pretty good, where he's not completely beating himself up for the wayward drive and how it kind of played out because he actually hit a great shot off the drop off the cart path. It was just the next chip was horrendous. And, you know, when you leave him to make a, you know, whatever, 18 foot bogey putt to, to at least get in uh, at nine and we're, you know, knowing and forcing shank or hall to make a birdie at nine. Like I knew that wasn't going to happen as soon as that chip was uh, went running through the green. Cause they were running hot fairways and greens were running really really hot and uh yeah got home on the 100 it's good to get off the schneid it's been a couple uh 
oh, at least a month and a half or so. So outrides are hard. So when you get one, you get a hundred knocking on the door, you want to get it home. So um, in the I, in the universe, usually levels things out. You know, you got a big outright home. How the Celtics do? I don't want to talk about it. So I yeah, it. <laughs> was a terrible. It was kind of a terrible. I don't. Awful. I don't know. I don't have any outrights in the NBA. I didn't bet the game. Awful. I missed the early number on the under. Everyone else in the world bet the under. Uh, from a, like just a standpoint of watching the game, kind of an awful game. Like, it, it was. It wasn't even that fun to watch. So no, everyone well, makes a run in the this. NBA except the Celtics occasionally at home. No, uh, they just don't. So I can't. Uh, TV. It's funny too. T- and Dan. Producer Dan was kind of baffled by this when I told him this a while ago, too. I kind of watch TV on my own schedule. A lot of stuff I just don't take in live or I watch it when I, when I want to watch it. I'm uh, I'm watching uh, because it's the NBA playoffs and I should be watching those instead. I'm watching The Last Dance. Pretty good. Oh. Never seen it. You didn't uh, see it in COVID? No. no. Were you too busy? I, I, I was kind of watching. I mean, I got it through memes. I'm like, oh, I basically watched it. Oh, People fair. are posting the whole fucking thing on Twitter. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. I, I was doing other stuff at the time. I don't remember what. Probably grinding UFC because that was like my jam for about three months. But uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, yeah, Michael Jordan good. stuff. So Yeah, the, the challenge with the Celtics thing is that well, it's really kind of the only team at this point being in, you know, sports industry. So, you know, we do both of us do so much on the football side. You know, I still have some fandom with the Patriots, but it's just not the same because I just it's just different, right? It's my job. It's really hard to be uh, an absolute laundry fanboy at this point. Um, you know, the Red Sox are just refuse to sign their own talents. They are acting like they're the Pittsburgh Pirates the last decade or so. That's made it really hard to cheer for the Red Sox passionately anymore. Uh, so the Celtics, considering I really don't do anything in the NBA space, basketball is a passion of mine. I have a 15 year old who is all in on basketball. Basketball, love Celtics. Uh, that's really kind of the last team that I really just kind of blood, sweat, and tears with. So yeah, it, that was tougher for him yesterday than me at this point, where he's just really, really frustrated. Uh, yesterday and, and this morning, we were talking about it on the way to school this morning. Like, look, you'd rather continue to get there, right? We've had a handful of uh, you know some finals appearances, some Eastern Conference Finals in this Tatum Brown era. You'd rather continue to get there, and yeah, either way, I kind of feel good about it because I don't feel like they would have had a shot against. The Nuggets, uh, and I don't think the Heat do really either. But uh, yeah, it's you'd obviously rather get to the finals than than lose three times at home in the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah, rough, rough game. Last rough, time. rough hang. And yeah, I'm just to continue on that. Uh, it's it's almost like I don't know. I'm trying to find a golf analogy to it. But for the Bruins and Celtics, neither of them to reach oh, the finals it does feel kind of like at the beginning oh. of the playoffs. It feels like a, a low percentage outcome. Um, it's kind of like one of the big three. I, are we, are we elevating? Let's let's switch over to Memorial now. Are we elevating Patrick Cantlay into? Is the big you know the big three turned into the big two because yeah. they sucked ass for a while? Are we elevating Patrick Cantlay? Are we giving him interim status into the big three this week because of his course history? And I mean he's like he's one B anyway when you know in that that second tier where him and Xander and, you know, some other guys that are, that are close, you know, they always kind of close to that tier. Uh, honestly, Hovland, Markawa, JT, some of the other guys like that, but considering his course history, do we have a big three here now because of uh, Cantley? It's a fair question. And I would say too, that's irrelevant this week. When we're at a major, there is a big three and it's Brooks. 
uh, with the yeah. way he's playing right now. So, um, yeah, in terms of, I think it's going to be like a rotating seat. Yeah, you know, like how you you have the what's it called in NATO, in uh, NATO, where you have like the Security Council and like the you know it's like well the Amer- America's always in, but then I think they maybe rotate one of them. Now I'm talking shit. I don't know about. <laughs> we're talking uh, G7 and uh, there's yeah the, the G7 summit. It's like yeah, yeah, hey, we're gonna have a rotating cast, and this week in uh, in the big three is Patrick Cantlay because. Okay, he's kind of crushed here before, and uh, I guess we could start by looking at the course because yeah, we've been here for a while. There was uh, some some overhaul not too long ago, but I think we have enough good good course history to just tell you like how this plays and how fucking tough it is. And that's kind of why I think Cantley is in the discussion because when you think of what Cantley does really well, he hits it long and straight off the tee. Um, you have to do that here. I think you have to do that here even more now that they've done the renovations. Uh, before it was really, these are small greens. They're fast. They're bent grass. Um, the rough can be penal, but the fairways were really wide. They Part of the renovation was they extended all the par fives, uh, added some length to the par fours as well. Par fours are hard to score here, but they also did narrow the fairways in landing zones. So uh, I think total driving long and straight off the tee becomes a little bit more paramount this week than what we've seen in past iterations of this. And that's kind of why I do think Canley could be part of a big three as it relates to Mirfield village, because that is kind of his, his MO. Um, so yeah, I mean, you got to be able to scramble around here too, because they grow this rough up uh, other than the work day, you know, you're going to have to be able to, to manage. That's why the fairways, you know, in terms of off the tee matter so much because, you know, the, the rough is, is pretty thick because they are small and fast greens. Holding them becomes problematic. And then you're going to have to scramble because it's somewhat inevitable. I believe like 8%, 10% uh, greens and regulation lower than a tour average event. So, you know, you're going to have to scramble here. So it is it is a tough track. And we typically get a great field here anyway because it's Jack's place. But now it's an elevated event. So we have an even, even better rate. Basically, everyone that can come comes. Max isn't here, uh, which is interesting. Tony's not here either. Uh, but that's really it. Yeah, and like you mentioned, a little bit tighter, but they're still kind of wide in general in, re- yeah. in relation to other courses on tour. Um, it's one of those things where you don't have to have crazy accuracy, but the guys who are a little wild, uh, if you miss and you miss big, you're going to be in some pretty tall rough. They are going to have this grown out. We're talking four-inch rough. It's going to be hard to hit out of. Little penal. You got tree-lined fairways. You know, it's, we're up north. We're not... We're not out uh, in the south or up in the northeast. It's trees, man. We're in the Midwest, sort of. I don't know what we consider Ohio. Ohio's kind of in the, it's in that tweener zone. But yeah, either way, yeah, it's a tree-lined parkland, wide fairways. There's water danger on a shitload of holes. Not that many bunkers, but they're strategically placed. You have a lot of tough bunkering around some of the greens. The greens are small. They're fast when you get on them. Around the green, it's extremely difficult. Guys who, you know, Guys who struggle to scramble and play around the green and putt just ain't going to do good here. And like we said, it's long, 7,500 yards. It is one of the longer ones. It's considered, you know, in the long courses if you're trying to come up with corollaries and and comps for this as well. So, eh, I mean, obviously we can switch over to what matters here. Distance helps, but, you know, like we said with this rough, it is probably as, as Ron loves to harp on total driving is important. Like distance is going to be great, but super inaccurate distance is going to be a, a big problem is, you know, you're not going to be gaining a big advantage hitting at 325 when it's in this uh, semi or uh, 
penal, penal rough, whatever you want to call. I, I know we, we need another word that says penal. Penal's not a great word. No, it just sounds kind of filthy. And also I associate it more with like the, you know, the prison complex yeah. industry. <laughs> we'll come up with some, it's it's tough. The rough is tall and tough and it's a pain in the ass, but accuracy is, accuracy is going to be important as, long, as well as distance here. And then you kind of want to talk about what, what, if, what are you running as far as putting around the green short game? What are you looking for here in these golfers? So putting, I'm not really weighing at all because actually these, because they are small and you, you read some of the quotes from the guys here, they talk about how pure these greens are. And really when Jack was laying this out, he wanted this basically to be his vers version of Augusta. He wanted to have it kind of play uh, in a yeah. similar way. And, and uh, these greens are pure. Everyone raves about them. And uh, because they are smaller, you typically aren't going to have a lot of longer putts. So like putting becomes, I think, not irrelevant, but it's not as hard to gain strokes. So I'm actually open to some team no putt guys. You won't have one feature prominently on the card here uh, because I do think it is easier as long as you are kind of dialed in T to green that you can kind of compete around here. So, but uh, yeah, I think in terms of what matters here, when you look at it, yes, we have to to factor in good drives gains because you have to be in the fairway. You have to give yourself shots. Um, you're going to have a Large polarity of, of approach shots, like 175 plus, I think 175 to 200. And then when you get into like 225 plus and that caps, capulates or captures, if I can make up my own words, uh, captures a lot of the par threes too. A lot of the long par threes here are 225 plus. So those things matter quite a bit. Yeah, you're going to have to scramble. Um, I typically don't put sand saves in anything either, but I do think it does matter. I I, I like to see what the numbers pop out, but I don't put it in any, any modeling. Um, surprisingly, that's going to give you pretty poor numbers on Patrick Hanley, who's not really good um, in terms of sand saves. But uh, yeah, I mean, distance, key proximity ranges. Um, you got to be able to take advantage of the par fives here. There are four of them. They're all scorable. Um, they are your really your best opportunities to make some headway and, and get some birdie opportunities here because par fives are really hard. And same, same with the par threes. Yeah, and that's kind of where I ended up too with the sand stuff. I never want to use it. It's just, it's a dumb sample. I mean, you just are going to have guys like, well, they just don't hit it in the sand that much. Like, go look at their yeah. proximity. Like, you're working with a goofy sample. And I mean, you said it with Cantley. It's like, if you, if you start weighing some really granular stuff in like there, no pun intended, was we go granular in sand, <laughs> but it, it does kind of toss some things around. So, um, before we get to betting, um, and anybody we started to place wagers on, I know last week was a obviously a good one to take some flyers. I didn't. I just wanted to. I just wanted to get done with it and bet some matchups. I love last week for a tournament for matchups. It was you crushed. Good, it was a good week for for matchup betting. I enjoyed uh, the Stephen Stallings one. God, that one felt like such a. Sometimes it, it's easier to bet after the fact, obviously. But man, that felt like one I should have bet. Was Stephen Stallings in the news? It was the newsletter one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Stevens, Sam Stevens, quietly becoming one of my favorite golfers. He's yeah, fun to, fun to watch. Harry Hall was fun, um, just because he looks like a Peaky Blinders guy, and <laughs> like he would, he would like you know whoop your ass. But uh, yeah, some bigger numbers near the top of the board. Is it a little bit of the opposite this week? Are we looking for big names, guys who maybe if their number is a little longer, they have to be at least guys who've played really well so far this year. I mean, just looking at who's won this traditionally or even who's top 10 here. 
Yeah, we have a couple elevated events now where we've had winners come down the board, but I think you're probably still best off taking shots at or near the top. Trying to make the case for Scotty last week. And look, again, it's been last week was Scotty in a nutshell, right? Just tee to green immaculate. Just not making enough putts, but it's just still so good tee to green that he's still in the mix. Um, you know, so I get the case for for Scotty here. I still, you know, saw some some talk around that yesterday because he is tee to green basically over a stretch of the last, depending on what you do with the sample size, three months, six months, fifty rounds, like kind of like tiger territory in terms of what Scotty is doing tee to green. Um, Rom is a little bit behind that, but Rom is still just not that far behind and just such a better baseline putter. So I do think it is really to your point around the, the top three, a big three, it is those two and everyone else. So it becomes every type of major, every type of elevated event, making a Scotty or Rom decision at the top. It's really hard to separate the two. And I think that that's why a lot of handicappers probably do what I do is you probably just stay away because it's really hard to separate. You want to take a shot at the top and it's just really hard to make a case for one of the two. Uh, over the other based off of you know how well they're both playing yeah and like at this point if you make me like hey put put me on the spot say you have to bet one of those top two it's probably rom it's not not only for the form and what we've seen from him the last few years but just like scotty's putting right now yeah like uh, scotty is the best player in the world if you got to stop playing golf once he got on the green he would if that was par since you're on the green par Guess what? He's won the last five events. <laughs> just like it's it's been a little struggle and it's crazy. Like it's not like he's a bad putter. It's it's he's a middle of the pack putter, and that's uh it's gonna keep you just at arm's length from winning some events. So I'm sure he knows this. Obviously, the world's talking about it. He knows it as well. I'm sure he'll sort some stuff out, and I'd look for him to to have this sorted out and probably be very competitive at the, the final two majors we have in the playoffs. But right now I Rom gets the heads up for me. And truthfully, I, I ended up going with one of the big three and I haven't made a single bet yet. So I put this number up here and I'm yep. waiting bookmakers being a huge pain in the ass. And I refuse to make these bets. Cause I'm again, offshore guy. I'm going to be betting into these markets unless I, I do find time to get to a legal state or mail some money to some, some of you a-holes in Illinois. But I'm assuming this is around the number I'm going to get. Um, I'm going to bet him unless this, you know, something happens today and all of a sudden he's like eight in the market. But getting essentially the same kind of stats, form, and uh, honestly a little bit course fit better. It's hard to look at course fit when you look at guys near the top. Because just like what we said about Scotty and Rom, it's like where are we gonna where are we gonna differentiate? Like, oh, you're elite at almost everything, and you're elite at almost everything. And like, oh, where's your weakness? Well, there's a big weakness. Sticks out like a sore thumb, but it's still above average on unlike tour in this field. So it's hard to find weaknesses on any of these guys. This is more of a price play. Uh, course history is a little predictive here. A lot of it just comes down to good golfers play good golf here. It's a tough place to play. He can grind it out here. He says two, two wins, four top fives here. Like, just, it's it's a good course for him. Uh, I know putting, like you said, we don't weigh it heavily. I weighed it very lightly, and I only looked at bent grass splits. Just like who putts really well when we have these pure, you know, easy, fast surfaces like this up north. 
Uh, have not heavily weighted, but he is still one of the best bent grass putters here. And then also to the length, the length is going to come into play. Even the guys who are accurate and long off the tee are going to be hitting iron shots, buck 175, you know, 200, something like that. So I did look at some of the proximity numbers with the small greens, the greens and regulation numbers for some of these spots when you're 200 yards out in your iron shots. And he's great with the long irons and he leads the field in par five scoring. Like we said, there's not a ton of holes where you're going to be able to score here. It's a tough course. The par fours are all crazy long. If you set yourself up for a birdie putt, it's just because you had an amazing uh, approach shot and almost probably a little bit of luck with you as well, how small these greens are. So if you can't play well on par fives in general, it's going to be hard to move up the leaderboard. He is number one in the field in strokes gained on par fives over the last 50 rounds. So can't lay 10, 11, 12. I hope Bookmaker opens and it's just like 13, 50 or something. But I, uh, I disgust myself betting these, but I, I couldn't. And I hate him. I hate his stupid face. I, know. I hate everything about him. <laughs> when you look at kind of the top tier in this field and you look at like the last 36 rounds or so, um, he's like – Really, the only elite guy that I have that's in the top ten in fairways gained, even Morikawa, who we talk about typically being a fairway finder, and that's kind of a spot where we like Morikawa, where it's fairways and irons. Like Canley's even more accurate off the tee in the last like recent form, and hits it significantly further than than Morikawa as well. So it's just a massive edge. He does everything well. There's really no weakness. I mean, I have with what I ran. He's in the top ten par four scoring. Uh, he's second in par five. He's top 10 in uh, 200 plus proximity greens and red gains. Um, just bogey avoidance. Cause you know, you're going to have to you know, make sure that you're scrambling getting up and down while like, he just kind of does everything well. Um, yeah. If you can get the 11, that's a, that's a pretty nice number comparatively in the marketplace. Cause like even Chris is down to like eight, you know, he's, he's 10 everywhere else domestically. So yeah, that would be a, a pretty nice price. You can put him with the nuggets series. Uh, you probably get him to chase out a little bit. I know. I, I thought about doing some parlays this week. Honestly, I might, I might have to do a. And I know these series are going to take three weeks. Like I looked at the NBA final schedule. Crazy. Like how how are we going to be at like next Saturday and only have four games in? Just wild how long they stretch this out. But yeah, I'll probably do a uh, an NHL series, NBA series, and uh, golf outright kind of matchup here. So it'd be awful fun to put one of those together. And then I, I honestly, I really wasn't on the computer yesterday. I've been very light in the discord. I don't even know if I know who you bet. I'm not even sure who's up next. Let's go. I'm, I'm looking at this. I think it might be me, but I don't know. Maybe we match up on one of these. Yeah. I don't I know who you bet either. You have not I posted stayed anything. Pretty tight to the kind of the second and third tier. Like I said, big game hunters here looking for good golfers. Uh, another guy I love to bet because he's just never let me down. It's always been, uh, you know, what I think I'm going to get. He always comes through and gets it for me. Uh, I've cashed in on him a ton of times. Every time he's won a tournament, I've been there. He's always there for me. Xander Shoffley. <laughs> um, <laughs> another one where that's uh, I hate it. I hate it so much. But I started running my pricing versus the pricing and both of these guys, I, I, I yeah. couldn't find I couldn't find weaknesses in the game, and it's just if we're gonna go, hey, it's no, it's a second shot course because they're all second shot courses, and it's hard to find greens here. 
and I ran some splits on him playing at courses with smaller greens, playing at courses with harder scoring, you know, distributions, playing at courses with high end fields, approach game elite, greens and regulation percentage elite. And then you say like, well, what if that stuff isn't super perfect because it's a tough week? He's a really, really good scrambler. Like he's a great scrambler. These greens are tough. If you miss them, the rough is crazy. There's a lot of bunkering. He's great scrambling. He's great putting again in the lightly weighted, but still looked at bent grass splits. And it just, when I started doing my actual model for course fit and I said, you know, I need, I need total driving. I need approach. I need greens and regulations in the splits. I need proximity from 175. I need proximity from 200 plus. I need this, that, and the other thing. And I ran it across. It's just there's no weak spot right in his game when it comes to the course fit and the the form is good enough where I'm I'm happy with this. And I'd be curious, like what what does it say on your sheet right now that or the, the website you use? What does it say he is at Chris? Because Chris doesn't have numbers up. They haven't for several hours. Oh, interesting. So I'm uh, guessing it's pulling Chris... an old API and Okay. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they reopen. Yeah, thirteen fifty. Okay. Uh, which is the best? No, uh, MGM. If you had domestics, has a fourteen on Xander. So um, there's so that... a fifteen at Bet Online right now. Um, hoping for maybe again a, a wishful thinking, perhaps. But Chris reopens and it's like, oh, sixteen forty two. Like uh, I'd be interested in that. Was that something you'd be interested in? Yeah. You watch Entourage. I, I did run. Well, I had that guy. It's not, not a bad rewatch, probably. I don't know if it holds up, but my uh, it's been. I watched time. the Bob Saget season, like where he's yeah. heavily involved. I like yeah. him a lot in that one. So, yeah, is that something to be interested in? These aren't enticing numbers, but I, the way I make these in a small field where I think you need to be elite at a bunch of different things, I like these two at their price better than Scotty or Rom. Yeah, it is an interesting note. It is a smaller field. It's an invitational. Oh, green screen coming down. It is an invitational um, technology. You know, I don't want you to. Sh- I don't want you to see my football stuff, so I put the green screen up. No, I mean uh, you can stand up, but we'll take a look at that that hind end. Yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, it's an invitational. 120 guys, so you know, not as not your full field event. Um, it is. Look at this master master class, master class. So yeah, um, I I don't love the prices either, but oftentimes when you're looking at Cantley or Xander. They typically overlap. You're not going to find a place where you're like, oh, I love Cantley here. Xander's not a great fit because I feel like they're somewhat the same dude. They're even, you know, they're buddies. They like to vacation together. Uh, you know, if you can get those numbers that you posted with 11 and 15, I don't hate it at all. They they make a ton of sense here. Xander last year finished 18th. That's his worst memorial finish uh, basically since he since missed cotton 18, but 14, 14, 13, 11, 18. So seems like a great top 20 bet uh, this week for, for Xander, depending on the number there. Don't hate that. Yeah. Yep. These are all, all liable for uh, kind of positional stuff. This is too funny. It's coming down. So, <laughs> uh, it was driving me nuts that I didn't know. Cause usually I, I at least go take a look and it just, it, it all comes back to the, I haven't, um, I haven't had a lot of time because we had the holiday weekend and I'm still getting back into the swing of things. So I just popped into the discord to see who you bet. And guess what? Overlap. Uh, like I said, I haven't bet yet. I'm still waiting. Okay. I know where the best numbers are available currently for me. 
without Chris, I'm waiting for Chris to reopen before I actually pull some triggers. But these are my guys, unless something crazy happens in the market. Uh, we overlap on the next one, so I'll let you take it. Uh, you know, I love a lot of the things that we're talking about with uh, finding fairways, hitting it far. You know, they have nice, long, good approaches, and that is uh, young Terrell Hatton, who uh, has not played here a lot, which is surprising. I was trying to figure out why, and again, I didn't spend a ton of time uh, on the computer yesterday either, but is uh, when you look at total driving, he's 12th in, in the season. So again, that's a combination of distance ranking. It's kind of a flawed stat, but, you know, it, it's it's out there. It's a, you're basically your driving ranking in terms of distance and your ranking with accuracy, um, combining those two numbers, uh, lower the better. And uh, Hatton's inside the top 12, third in good drives over the last 36 rounds, which gives him, you know, kind of speaks to the combination of his ability to hit it long and far, believe himself uh, solid approach shots too. And he's really been close, like four straight T19s, uh, but he's 14 starts here. Uh, last 14 starts, he has seven T7 or better, uh, multiple top fives there. He's been really, really close. Um, I would have thought he had had great course history here. I was surprised to see that he really hasn't played much here over the last handful of years, but I feel like this is a great fit for his game. Uh, and he's he's dialed in. I like what, how he's playing even at the PGA Championship where we think, hey, he's such, he runs so hot. We don't want him on courses that can really frustrate him, but great fit for him here. 33 was available. Uh, early on Monday, those are all gone. Let me see what's uh, the best out there now. Uh, 25s, uh, Chris 32.50 on Chris, by far the best uh, that I could see out there right now. Currently, for me, because he was one I said we overlapped on, I found a 30. Um, okay. I'm waiting for Chris. If Chris is better, I will bet him. But <laughs> look at this his past four months, he has a second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Like there's nothing predictive about, uh, you know, adding up all the numbers, like you're in one of those zero for 13 leagues in uh, baseball, but it is just funny. I had to add that because it's funny, like definition of knocking at the door, yeah. T degree numbers trending up. Uh, I wrote despite having to play Augusta, which he just hates. And um, you know, that is always one that's going to drag him down a little bit. His numbers are really good this year. His, his form is good. The fit's good. And like we said, the total driving, Ron's, I was a big proponent of that. It's It's been good. His distance, isn't. he's not a bomber, but it's it's average to above average most yep. places. And the high-end accuracy is going to drag that all the way up. So total driving, he's going to put himself in good positions to take advantage of mid to long irons and, you know, uh, kind of banking on form to carry him home here. And I like him at 30, 35, um, hopefully 35 worst case for me, 30, but that 30 yeah. is still available right now. And I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not scared off betting him at that price. It's my shortest play, but I definitely have room. And I'm considering a couple that are in that top tier that we, you know, even like the two guys that you float around with Cantley and Xander, I think are, are fantastic plays. Um, so again, I do think it's a spot where I'd rather be, Either the guy that I think is really mispriced that belongs somewhat in that tier um, or someone at the very top because this is just – that's kind of how this course is, is played over the last handful of years, especially since the Renault when you kind of look at the top of the board. Like, it's been – I know, like, Billy Horschel, our defending champ, is miles away from that guy right now, but Billy Horschel was playing really well last year. Um, do you know who finished second here last year, Andy? He's not here this week. 
I'm thankful for that because it is Aaron Wise. I was uh, say, did Sal play well here? Final group, Aaron Wise uh, last year, and, uh, and Billy just kind of ran away with it. But uh, And Aaron Wise loves this place, so I, I feel good yeah. that I can keep my money and not have to sink it on to Aaron Wise. So a uh, few uh, others. Yeah, I really thought I was going to be mostly in this range, like the, the Hovland through like Fitzpatrick 20 through 45, 50 range. And yeah, I, I was surprised too that like when I started to run pricing, it's like, man, I'm going to pet Sander and Cantley. This sucks. I'm going to be spending money near the top. But I, a lot of where I, what I liked was in this mid range as well. Yeah. In a solid range and in, in a pretty deep range. Cause I feel like there's a pretty sizable drop off, you know, once you get down into, um, you know, the, 60 uh it drops off pretty quickly to like the hundreds here so uh what's next for you on this uh do you have are, do you have any others i don't know how because you got three kind of core towards the top here i don't know if you've been bombing at all or um i have two more okay one isn't a bomb bomb i'm hoping to shop around and find something better and i think you'll like it as well uh, okay. Content, but uh, another one in this in this middle range. Another one I found in the 30s. Obviously playing well enough. Mentioned on the show a couple weeks back, and then he went out and did his damn thing. And yep. I still wonder if we're getting a little bit of a discount. He missed two of the past three cuts, including a major. Just which I, I'm going to throw it out. It's like it's a major. He's not going to play well. Like that's fine. But missed two of the three. Past cuts maybe giving me a little bit of a discount. I thought he'd be priced a little lower than this. There's a 33 out on Jason Day still. Uh, and then my points here kind of uh, one one leads into the other. Really nice course fit. Like almost everything except the longer irons. So some of the proximity numbers on the longer irons are not as not bad. It's not like, oh, he's horseshit. Can't do it. But it's not as great as everything else across the board for him. But the same kind of thing where it's you need to look at the picture as a whole. Everything is the sum of the parts. That's how golf works. Elite scrambling yep. kind of makes up for some of that stuff. If he's missing it, I'm more than comfortable with him around the green. I'm more than comfortable with him scrambling. I'm comfortable with him out of the sand. And I think he's going to be just fine. So if this was 33 uh again that's the best i'm finding right now i know there's some 30s in the market somewhere around there but again waiting waiting to see if i can hunt some god i might even do the unthinkable here um real quick aside uh as i don't really keep money in this account but uh because it's not a great book but my bookie suddenly have some money <laughs> someone sent me money from canada a friend that I will bet for sometimes and he has like 17 outs in Canada, but they didn't have the market for a juniors hockey tournament. He wanted to bet on the Canadians at two to one. And this was in January. And we sat and sweated the under 21 tournament or whatever it was. Connor Bedard was amazing. That was like my first introduction to him. Uh, I sweated. I lived and died with this because he bet it. So I put a couple hundred bucks on it too. I'm like, this is fun. Like sweating out a, a tournament that I had no idea was even going on. And we got to the end of it. And three days later, they hadn't Canada won. We won. They hadn't cashed the ticket. So I sent some screenshots back to him after he'd sent me the screenshot asking if I could bet at my bookie for him. And we both determined that it was actually the tournament in May. <laughs> so so this this past week or two we went back to the well it's not like these were big bets 
but it's still like you make a bet, you're gonna sweat it. It's fun. Yeah. So we got we got to relive it. You only live twice. Um, <laughs> so we had to sweat a, a worser Canadian team without Bedard, with a, a worser team because of how the how the playoffs work in the NHL. Like not all the players could show up, and he was explaining to me which which teams would be better if they lost earlier for our team and for would be bad for us if, if the, some of these Finnish players. So I uh, cashed an outright on a international hockey tournament this week. So maybe I'll have to pop over to my bookie once in a while. They usually have pretty shitty outright prices, but once in a while they have an off-market one here and there. It's kind of the same with a lot of these uh, lesser offshores. So congrats to me. I did not hit Grillo, but Love I did hit Canada at 2-1 to one, um, <laughs> to win the guy. I don't even know what the fuck it's called, but congrats to them. Good job, Canada. Uh, Jason Day was my second to last. I don't know where you stand. I think you got one in between here in the end. I like Day quite a bit. Day is... Uh... I don't know if he, I don't think he's from the area. He's local. Like, I know this has always been like a, a place that everyone thought Jason Day would play well because he's familiar. So I don't know if it's a home course, but some of like, you know, Xander, Tory Pines vibes. And like, you always kind of think that that's like really easy and it just never really happens. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, he's playing really well. I think we should, you know, he did kind of finally get over the hump and, and get the win, you know, back at uh, TPC Craig Ranch and, and they're still probably undervalued if you can find north of 30. So I, I kind of like that. And that's that would be the best in market when you look at what's out there currently. There were some like mid early 30s or low 30s there. MGM's got a 30. Uh, Chris will have, well, maybe uh, 33 and change if they come back up with the same numbers. So um, I don't have anything in between it. I have another guy who has some pretty decent course history, a guy that's been Hard for us to click on for, I guess, going on two years now because there's just, I don't know, we just never know really what we're going to get in terms of, uh, you know, neck pain, withdrawal, what's going to happen. But I went to the well with Hideki here. Uh, I know Ron got there as well. He's, you kind of look at what he's been doing. It looks like it's, I don't know if it's just the neck thing or if it looks intentional because he's, looks like he's just a little shorter than he used to, but he's more accurate off the tee. So it looks like maybe a, a design change to give up a little bit of accuracy to find fairways that's going to play here really well still a tremendous long iron player and is somewhat surprisingly a positive putter over the last 20 rounds he is gaining strokes putting on uh, the elite you know scrambling short game is still there uh, last 36 rounds i am fourth in the field in scrambling um did not make any putts again he's making putts as of late did not make any putts at the pga but gained 10.4 strokes T to green uh, has been playing pretty good golf. So I think 40 is a bad number to place where he has a nice history and kind of fits if he can stay somewhere in the middle of the fairway here. So I like Decky at 40. Let me see what's out there still. I don't know if there's uh, any more of those four. Yeah. 40 still full out there. Oh, yeah. MG MGM still a nice number 43 and change at Chris. So you can get closer. I know Ron had a 45 quickly, uh, but mostly 35s out there on Hideki. Yeah. And I, somebody I'm looking Somebody I'm looking at using probably in matchups. If he looks all right, I like his fit. Just scared, just scared of the injury stuff. Yep. And if he looks in round, if he looks good in round one, he gets a bump for round two and round three in matchups. And Ethan here says penal colony, penal rough. Jason Day, Adam Scott week. Oh, Adam Scott on the radar. Obviously, I, I'm gonna probably love him in matchups as well. Just yep. couldn't quite get there on the outright number. And then uh, is this? Do you have one more? Because I have one more. I have two more, but they're a little further down. 
Okay. Yeah. Try- oh, I'll let you close it too. I'll take this one, even though I know you're going to like this. And it's another one where it's like, hey, good form, Wyndham Clark. Let's go. I know you bet this as well because I did, like I said, I just did double check this sort of yep. thing. Um, if he can putt, he can win. Like it is not full team no putt. Do you put him on team no putt? No, he's a good putter. Like he's, I know, but this year he's, it's been for years. The last couple of years he's been team no approach. He's always been long yeah. and he can putt. Well, I, I know, but it, it's it's, it's team it's team like streaky putting. Sure, it's either like he's he's never bad. It's like hey, you're you're average, or or it's like bam, and that's what we saw at Wells Fargo. He had a bam. I yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. It's just I, I've always I have him as like kind of average. I don't know over over a long sample. Like yeah. it's 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 good. It's good when it's good, but like he gains seven and a half on the greens at the Wells Fargo. When he puts, he can win. Um, big hitter off the tee, little accuracy that worries me. That's why this is a bigger number, I suppose. But he's great in par five scoring. He's great in distance. He's great in a few other things that checks a few boxes. And like I said, if the putting is where it can be. At times, he's certainly he's liable to win one of these things. I'm trying to look at where else he had spike putting weeks. Because yeah, the only thing that concerns me is fairways, really. Yeah. When you kind of look at it, that's really the only thing over the last what little happens. bit where that could be problematic. But he hits it really far. Um, he's really good at everything else. Um, yeah, I mean, spike putting weeks. Let me see. I mean, last he gained 120 strokes at the RBC last year, Canadian. Last 120 um, tournaments, pretty large sample. He is um, plus one stroke putting. So like, you know, a quarter stroke per round or so over the last uh, 120 events, it's pretty good. I mean, we had some rocky stuff a little bit last year, but like for the most part, he he gains a ton of, yeah, in the Canadian uh, seventh place there at last year's RBC. Basically, again, like when you look at it, like he couldn't do anything on approach. The rest of the the game was good. All of a sudden, he's made some changes, and you see some solid approach weeks strung together, which has kind of been something he he has done. He's gained. Yeah. I guess I, I was looking at a smaller sample. I have him gaining about a quarter stroke per round uh, putting over the last fifty. But if you look at a bigger one, it is a little better. Yep. Yeah, been good. I mean, obviously not a great PGA, but uh, you know, majors can do that to guys and. Had been trending well heading into the Wells Fargo and obviously sealed the deal there. And, you know, the spot where you like Xander, where Xander played well, I, you know, again, Wells Fargo, long, difficult golf course, you know, when he won there pretty convincingly. So, yeah, I, I like him. I still, I just don't think he should be at, you know, high 60s. I get a 70 and an enhanced number at Rivers. I just feel like kind of like, I don't want to make this is not really fair because Max had won a bunch before, but like it just got to a point last year where Max just shouldn't be where he was in terms of pricing with his peers and uh, you know, sometimes actually popping true probabilities on some of these guys is really hard. You just kind of have to look at where they are in relation to the board with some of their other guys. And he should be a little bit shorter. You know, in my opinion, I have him, I have him seventh in my form model, obviously top 15 and fit. Yeah. But just, and it's a big number. Like this is one, there's a couple of uh, bombs, and then maybe I'll just mention them off the bat because you have one left that I didn't quite get to. I was not far off, but some of the bombs that started to creep near the top of the board, uh, which one I hate, Matt Kuchar, which probably isn't going to happen. Putnam Putnam is probably a look at top 40 for me if I get that way. Uh, Rogers, Eric Cole, still 
dragging big numbers behind him. Yeah. Brendan, Brendan Todd's another big one. And then uh, some of the Canadians, uh, all, all the Adams, Hadwin, Svens, and Scott. Scott's not a big number, obviously, but those guys were kind of grouped up for me too. And then Samuel Stevens, as always, he's probably <laughs> going to end up in matchups again. But uh, how'd you land on a big number here? And should I just blindly bet it because of last week? Maybe. I mean, it's a tough one. Like, if we've been riding the Gary Woodland uh, train at all, and even in matchups, finishing position bets, yeah. you're, and you're doing it while watching golf, it's been really tough. It makes it very hard to actually click on his name to win a golf tournament. But, um, again, I've removed putting from any modeling this week because of what we've seen historically. It's not as hard to gain strokes putting here. Gary Woodland's sixth in my model in the last – 36 rounds, uh, top 20 in approach, driving distance, good drive percentage, par five scoring, really good in proximity from 175 plus. He just has been abysmal on the greens. It's been just awful. So, I mean, he is basically a poor man, Scotty. I'm going to say that. I almost said that out loud. Yeah, but like more exaggerated. He's not as good tee to green and he's even worse putting. But like he, everything else is really good. If, if we gave... Scotty, all those trophies. If we just didn't have to make putts, like Woodland's on the podium uh, in most of these events as of late. So yeah, this is just a spot where you know you can kind of club down a little bit too. And, and Gary's really good. It's not a bad thing for him to, to find fairways because I have him on the calendar year, the best player from the fairway over 200 yards uh, in strokes and approach. So he's just been really, really good. Can make a putt. Hopefully, he doesn't find the long rough around the greens. Uh, or leave himself with 25 footers because it's going to be a mess. But yeah, once 125 on Gary, I mean, we're betting people are betting Gary at 60 in you know full field events that don't fit him as well as this play. So the 125, I just think, is a bad number. Yeah, still available to me too. I can, yep. uh, I can get that. I can win 400 to win 550,000. Look at that. Look at so that. I do, I do that. Seems a little aggressive. Yeah, gear, gear bear, but oh, I'll I'll tell you a little on that. That's that's probably too big of a number. I have him like twentieth, twenty fifth, somewhere in there. I, I he's not that far down the list. Also had to get in. I didn't put it on. I haven't posted it. Um, oh, bonus pick. I, Akshay, Akshay, I got a bet. Akshay. Everything's. It's like he's like four hundred. Is he winning the memorial for his first tournament? He's like twenty years old. But I, in terms of what actually matters here, he's he's really good. His putting's been better. He went to this stupid aim putt. Pointing or uh, aim point putting. Aim points. Oh, I maddening watching people do that. But it seems to be working for him. Uh, He's finding fairways. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at some, like, scrambling hasn't been great. But greens and rag has been great. Long proximity has been terrific. Like, again, he's like 400 to one. So, like, you can put $5 on it and uh, and sleep fine. Um. It'll, it'll help your books too because they'll be like, oh, this guy's betting five bucks on stuff. We don't have to worry about him. But yeah, I, I will. I, I will probably be, and I don't bet a lot of these unless I'm just tailing someone. But he's going to be one twenty-five to one fifty to be first round leader. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to bet that. Yeah, because this is that's kind of his mo. Like he has a sixty-two in him, and he has an, inside of me are two wolves. One is eight under. One is eight over. Yes. Like, and if he if he plays really well, two rounds this tournament. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he only plays two rounds this tournament. Wouldn't surprise me. Right. So I, I will be looking at him as a first round leader bet for uh, 
another little Fonzie one for sure. That's probably the smart way to do it for sure. Yeah. Uh, some of the guys I didn't that caught my eye, like I would love to bet Ricky, like, but we just keep getting Ricky, Ricky priced as if he's winning golf tournaments. Um, I just, I had, I hate the number so much. Um, Shane Lowry, Corey Connors are also very appealing to me as well. That might be where I add, cause I'm probably going to add one more. Uh, Siwoo's interesting. I wish I would have got in on, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Russell Henley. Russell Henley is like 85, 90s. Those are all gone. It's like 55, 60. I like I like that price quite a bit. I'm not going to get in on this the 60 on Henley, but finishing position bats will be on the card. Uh, and then kind of a bomb. I like some of the guys you mentioned, Eric Cole, Sam Stevens, we got to do. Uh, Ches Reavy has been playing good golf, does not hit the ball very far. But his long proximity is terrific, and he finds a ton of fairways. So he's been a form guy over his career. He gets these little big little pockets. And again, like he hasn't been lighting up, but he's been like top 40 in the last couple of weeks and he's played pretty well here in his career. So I like him. And then uh, this is kid. I surprised where he popped in my model and I have not bet him. I don't think even in a finishing position bets or anything uh, at all. But uh, is it Austin Eckrot is uh I used him quite a bit. Um, he's a great TFS play last week. Uh, he played really well. And yeah, not somebody I, I bet, but boy, I was cheering for him for a few Rainmakers teams for sure. Yeah, long uh, or fairways, he's been tremendous. Uh, distance is okay, middle of the pack, but his long proximity is great. Par four scoring, long par four scoring, terrific. Again, if he's going to be in the fairway and he's hitting these long proximity irons, really well i kind of like his his chances so again this is going to be a t40 bet someone like this is probably not going to be available in matchups uh maybe uh, again because there's only 120 guys here so domestics just don't give us as many you know i don't have the the plethora of of matchup options that you do I, i've been looking more and more i haven't been betting many of them but i, I typically used to not really look much but i've been looking and trying to it find is, it is weird how they just don't have that offering and then but they're just hey let's offer this guy to hit a this guy to have an eagle on round two it's like yeah well actually Maybe betting gross. those like offer markets that people are gonna get you some liquidity on so and nick our uh friend from overseas says he'll he'll be betting iram augusta rodin win double predicting that uh the streak i guess will stay alive we'll not have a british triple crown winner either as uh i know that's not the horse that won the 2000 guineas i just don't know the name of the horse who won the first race so i think that's the second leg of the, the their their triple crown it's not mm. as good as ours although you know you look at the the history of the the horse races we have like the horse races over there. It's like, this has been run since like 1648 or whatever. <laughs> Shit's crazy over there. So I wish you the best of luck on that. If my guys are out of the running, obviously, um, then Rom can win. Otherwise I hope Rom you know, falls into a pond. Although the last time we saw Rom start a tournament poorly, uh, it worked out. He, okay. just, he just straight up missed two really easy putts. Um, it did work out pretty well for him. So wouldn't surprise me. One of the top guys is just, Holding that, uh, holding that trophy this week, and I think that's about all I have this week. Uh, excited! Congrats to my guy uh, Harold Varner the third for a nice takedown on the live. Uh, it was guy, a good golf weekend. I don't know if you had a good senior, uh, yeah. senior PGA with some uh, 
the guys we know and love. Uh, yeah, it's it was there's a lot of good golf to watch if you weren't uh, having to just chase the Grillo. Uh, uh, Guys, I, I thought it was dead. He was like in the lead or in the mix on Saturday, and then all of a sudden, you know, I wasn't watching much on Saturday. Looked at everything once it closed, and all of a sudden, he like had a really bad back nine, and he was four off. And I'm like, all right, well, he was in the mix. At least the finishing position bets will cover it because it was like plus 145 for a T40. So we were. We were good there, but uh, I thought the uh, thought the dream was over. But uh. yeah, and uh, I had I'd looked at it, and then our guy Kieran bet it and moved the number a little. So then I hammered it a touch. But I had a Cam Smith over Brooks bet. Yeah, which as <clears throat> as his hangover got better, yeah. it got tighter. I think he only won by one stroke. But, Sunday split but there. That looked, that looked really good on Friday, and then it, it slowly, uh, the the booze and whatever else got out of Brooksy's system, and he played pretty well, but ended up cashing a winner there too. So it was a nice golf weekend all around, and looking forward to this next stretch run to the U.S. Open. Yep. So good time to buy the subscription, the betting sub, or the uh, monthly subs are just nineteen ninety nine. Uh, yeah, obviously get you this, get you through the next major. Uh, we're into Canada next week. Uh, lots of good golf still on the docket. So uh, check that out. You can get all of our picks. You know, you get these numbers we're talking about that aren't available anymore. Those are available for our subscribers in the discord on Monday morning. You know, Ron uh, is, you know, we're typically one of us is making a bet uh, before 8 a.m. Eastern uh, when these numbers are first coming out. I typically make some of my golf outrights on Monday morning from my bed. I just roll over, see if anything's up, um, and fire at some guys that I, I know that I'm looking at ahead of time. So um, then you get the tools, all the content, all that on BetSports Golf. You can get the yearly sub, um, but again, $19.99 for a month lets you get in, get a taste of it, play around with the tools, content, all that good stuff. Highly, highly, highly recommend that. Word, yeah. If you have any questions, obviously DM us. Our Twitter handles are right on the screen. If you're listening in podcast form, it's in the show notes. Hit us up, uh, bug us if you have any golf questions. And yeah, enjoy the memorial. Good luck this week. Uh, sorry, it's a short week and it's a grind getting back at it. But such is life. We're not too far off from putting that crown on Max Homa here in a couple weeks. So let's go, guys. We'll catch you next week.